BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. How's that? Oh, I'm glad I'm just me and Jackie are... Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you the truth. I'm trying to be the serial, but here's the thing. You can't keep the mask on when you're doing a podcast. I mean, it does make a sound effect like you're underwater. That's fun. Oh, no. I'm in the sub. Get me out of the sub. Oh, no. You're in the submarine? I don't want to see the Titanic. I don't care. (laughs) you having an anxiety dream right now? Uh, Get me out. Get me out of the sub. Okay. I think you've given enough of yourself. We're dressed very different today. (laughs) You're dressed as Elaine. I'm dressed as the surreal. I thought I would also, I wanted to be known that I'm dressed as the sexy surreal. Oh, I love it. And my breasts are out. Yeah, of course. And I've got sequin shorts on. (laughs) I mean, you know how much I love this combination. We'll make sure to get a full picture in it. But then part of me was like, why did I put on a full, full face of makeup? (laughs) <laughs> immediately comes off when the cereal mask comes off. No, it's on there. Is it on there? Yeah. It looks like I have makeup on from this far away. That's why I thank God the camera's this far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're at fine distance away. Don't Man, worry. Man, cereal, what fine breasts you have. Who, who have a new? <laughs> Did you think? I mean, I will say in this in this episode, we're going to talk about the cereal and she is referred to as a she. The surreal? Yeah. Wait, I, are you sure about that? I don't know. I'm not sure I'm about that. I'm pretty sure surreal is referred to as an it. I think it would make sense if we were called a she. Because bitches <laughs> always telling the truth. You catch them around the leg, you make them tell the truth. <laughs> You just got to send oh, one little snare. trap. Yes. Snare you snare. If you want your partner to tell the truth, set out a snare. <laughs> don't tell them, obviously, the whole point of a snare. Mm, you can't tell them about tell the snare. Them snare. <laughs> I mean, please. I'm going to take the cereal head off. Uh, you should. Okay. It's, it's an, the un, the Although under- I kind of look like, I'm a baby. I'm a baby. Oh, I, was thinking of, I was thinking of the, the lizard dinosaur from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Ooh, sexy that dinosaur. Ooh, oh, I would love to be sexy that dinosaur. I don't remember <laughs> what that dinosaur is called. Lizardsaurus. Spewosaurus. Ooh. Um, ooh, well, now you look just like a beautiful uh, cult member. Like Rabina Hood. My name is Rabina Hood. I take your borscht. Uh, <laughs> I I like that this uh, episode is mostly, you know, battle and neither of us are prepared for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready prepared. for war. I'm not prepared. I, I had a couple more tequilas. I had one tequila and I put it in my puss. And then I had two tequila and then I put it in my tush. And you four even... tequila floor. <laughs> the third one is a mystery. Threes and then four. Floor. One right? Te- two, one tequila, two, two tequila, tequila, three tequila, tequila floor. floor. <laughs> yeah, I went to Spencer's a couple times when I was a kid. I've seen that shirt before. <laughs> and brag. I don't own it, and it's for the best. Probably. Although I have been drinking out of um, Henry and Natalie in our family's white elephant um Included a stemless wine glass that is brats themed. Oh yeah, and it says "dump him" on it, and I've been drinking out of that, and I keep going to Jeff, "dump him." And he's like, "Please, he's I like, bet he talking loves about me." It. <laughs> he loves <laughs> it. Lo- he thinks my bits. Oh my god, we laugh <laughs> all day. <laughs> he never gets tired of my. He's bits. not on a podcast, so he can't uh, defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. We gotta get into this. This is a. This is. This a, is it's a lot. It's a battle. Battle of the wits. It's not. It's not a battle of wits. Um, <laughs> because today I would lose. No, I think you're clever. Please clever don't as ask ever. me any trivia questions. Uh, I don't have any trivia to ask. Don't Good. worry. Thank God. When we last left Feyre and Reese, they were winnowing away from the townhouse. And we're now beginning a part three. Ooh. And we are deep in the muck of Illyria. Lord Devlin, who, as a reminder, oversees the camp that Reese grew up in. And we don't like him. No, he's a butthead. But unfortunately, one of the nicer um, of the lords of the camps, because he still will like at least let women do other things than sweeping. So that's cool. Let the girls fight. Let them fight. Um, so he's standing there waiting for them as they arrive. Not excitedly, but... You know, he's he's there. So Feyre notes that all of the Illyrians around her look like the Bat Boys, except they only have one or two siphons. Hmm. And that ass and cows look almost, quote, vulgar in comparison. <laughs> but she said it in a satisfied way, yes. like, look at my boys swinging them big old siphons around. Oh God, they have too much power. It's so almost much. vulgar in comparison. Mm. The Illyrians are all staring warily at the Night Court crew. They already hold contempt over our boys, but also because these three insanely hot witches are now here with yes. them. Me, I'd be very thrilled by this, but I guess they don't like it. They don't like powerful, strong women. No, and then they all start singing, I can buy myself flowers. The Illyrians no. are the witches. The witches. Ah, nice. Because they don't need these bad boys, except they do. They, they desperately they need them in the very battle. very much need them right now. <laughs> um, yes, so 
Feyre's already on high alert because they consider in their in their little world they consider women property, mm. <laughs> and so Feyre's just kind of keeping their eye. That's crazy. They on. don't do that in the human world at all. Anymore. I know. I love it. I love it here. Um, so she notes with a bit of confusion that Reese hadn't changed into his fighting leathers and and had his wings hidden as they arrived. Reese responds, It's because they already know I trained with them in one of them. They need to remember that I am also their high lord. Damn! And I have no intention of loosening the leash. Favor seems turned on by this. Obviously. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I completely get it. Um, I'm not, you know, necessarily always like in a bondage play like that, but, you know, uh, uh, give it a go around. When you've got that confidence and you're like, I literally have to like show these big brutes that I own them. Yes. That's why it's so hot. That is true. It's because they're assholes. Yeah. Yeah, if they were just like orphans, <laughs> yeah. like child orphans, and be like, well, yeah. You'd be like, yeah, I'm going to show these little bastards what for. Then you'd be like, uh, do you want to go to, do you want to talk to a therapist or something? Do you have daddy issues? Oh, does he? Oh, does he? Well, uh, so does she, though. They all do, really. Yeah. The Illyrians immediately try to intimidate Nesta, which, good luck. Devlin asks if she's a witch, and she answers, how I always did to such questions in high school. Yes. Oh, yes, God. I am. Isn't, isn't that so... I, we've never talked about this before. How often were you called, like, oh, uh, you're a witch. Oh, are you a witch? Shut... Yeah. 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 I am. I am. Get the fuck away from me. Yep. Do, would you, like, if you really thought I was a witch, would you ask me this question? Because then I'm a witch at you. I'm a witch, you! <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> So, yes, Cassian gently then asserts that she is not, but instead she is actually High Fae. Lyrians are not buying it, and they're not entirely wrong because technically they are bring the the, the night court's bringing four maid women into the camps. And we're not talking about the Sopranos. <laughs> Enough, you couldn't refuse. That's the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wait? I don't know what the reference point oh, is. Oh, because when you get made, like a made man is somebody that's in the mafia. Okay, so you need to... I forget you don't like gangster I stuff. Don't. You have to break down that kind of thing. I'm sorry. I love gangster stuff, so that's what a made man is. That's because you're from New York. Yeah. Gabagool. <laughs> Rigo... Rigot. Please, Natalie, never call it ricotta. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I will try throw not. up everywhere. I try not to. Rigot. In their, the reason they're freaked out is based on superstition and othering, even though they are not technically high fade. The reason they're pissed off is for not good reasons. Yeah. They're not an actual danger. Almost like America. Whoa. Oh, wow. Guess what, America? That's what you do to women. As they watch. Like, Guess what? <laughs> Snake. Uh-oh, Snake's back. Snake's back. Such uh <laughs> I have been doing near 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 to seduce Jeff and he's just, he also loves it. Yeah, well that's very phallic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but I'm a snake charmer. Mmm. So those penis? Yeah. Okay. As they watch Elaine, Feyre notes that she is, quote, a rose bloom in a mud field. And Nesta was a freshly forged sword waiting to draw blood. Sick. 
Though Reese won't be intimidated by these soldiers, he tells Feyre down the bond to take her sisters inside the tents to avoid them being stared at. She gestures to her sisters and tells them they will go get something to drink. The sisters enter the private quarters at these Illyrian camps, and they have, you know, the best you can get in a war camp. Mm. They've got, like, furs and places that aren't the ground to sit. As they get settled alongside Morgan, who has joined them, Nesta asks what the difference between a witch and a fairy is. And though I believe witches have been discussed several times so far in the book series, I don't think that we've ever gotten an explanation of what that is Mm. in this world. I don't recall. I could be wrong. But... So Moore says, witches amass power beyond their natural reserve. Moore answered with sudden seriousness. They use spells and archaic tools to harness more power to them than the cauldron allotted and use it for whatever they desire, good or ill. It's like they're using roids. Oh, my God. What if their necks get really thick? With witch, witch, yeah, witcheries. Yeah, big old fat and then back knee. <laughs> necks. <laughs> I just remember watching Physical 100 with Jeff, and he was explaining to me how you can tell if someone's natty or if they're not natty. I'm sad I know what that means. I I didn't know. I'd never heard anything about it. I knew it because of the Liver King controversy. The Liver King? Uh-oh. That's a whole can of worms. Fava beans? Uh, Cannibals. Yeah. That's all we got today, huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Um, We need tequila for everybody. I bet the cereal could take that amount of tequila. Oh, my God. It would be... No, actually, I don't think I would want to get trashed with the cereal, because then they're telling you all these truths, and, like, I don't want to know. Well, they speak in riddles a lot, so you would be drunk and be like, what are you even talking talking about? about? (laughs) Just say the right words. (laughs) You're scary. Whoa, you face Can I touch your teeth? (laughs) What is that even? (laughs) Can I wear your robe? (laughs) Let's switch clothes. Let's switch clothes. It's all, like, tattered but slimy, like... Like, I don't, I'm assuming the cereal is slimy. Oh, I assumed that it was dusty and, and like, and sort of like uh, leaves, dried leaves. Ooh, That's what I thought. Okay, I like. could see that too. Because I know he goes. Oh, yeah. I guess I was thinking more of the uh, ghost of Christmas future. From Scrooge. Scrooge. The Scrooge version. Scrooge version. We're going all over the place today. So, during this, Elaine, in typical fashion, is mostly observing all of it, not really speaking. She's prepared herself to have this ill-advised meeting with Grace, and so she's at the tents in this war camp encampment, 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 uh, dressed in this, uh, I don't know, pink. Uh, get oh. up. I'm, I'm gesturing to myself because I'm dressed in it. Um, and they plan on glamoring her into a human-looking woman for this meeting. She's st- like Grayson doesn't know. Grayson doesn't know that, that that they're aware of. So she's wearing her hair half up just in case, and her fey ears pop through, and the glamour doesn't work on him. Though I don't think it would matter because all of the characters describe how otherworldly the Archeron sisters look from their human versions. So I don't think the ears would make a huge difference if the glamour failed because you just like look like a different species anyway. Yeah. Um, but even then, Elaine's still somewhat curious about what's happening in the war camps, even though she's awful caught up in her own love life during this whole thing. 
Elaine at last slid into the chair near Moore's, her dawn pink dress, finer than the ones she usually wore, crinkling beneath her. Well, will many of these soldiers die? Yeah, Elaine, where's your fucking head at? <laughs> yeah, it's war. I, I gotta say, I get a little testy with Elaine during this episode. Yes, I bet, man. Yeah, this um, she's... You just kind of want to sh- shake her a little bit. Yeah. Like, Come on. And snap out you of have it. to kind of question how much of this is like the sisters putting this on Elaine and she feels like she should act like a child and how much she is. It's like completely clueless. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got some fashions here, some some beautiful fashions. And I love that she also shows up in a dress that like even better than what she wears on a regular day. It's like you're going to this is war. But she's got a, I guess Grayson wants her to look very fancy. Yeah, and I, she just is all hung <sighs> up on this dude. Yeah. Yuck face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nesta says, yes, there will be many people who die because she's a bitch and a witch, mm-hmm. but also she's being truthful. Yes. As Moore prepares to put the glamour over Elaine, she tells her to remember to act human, and Elaine retorts that she does act the same as she was when she was a human. <laughs> Moore then says, yeah, but you, know, you talk about, you know, you see like the birds and the, uh, you can hear people's heartbeats and stuff like that. Maybe yeah, just like weird people like, out. You can just like put a tamper Tone on it that. down. Just for a second. Um, it's done quickly, and then Elaine looks like her human self. What if for her acting like a human, she comes in, and she talks like this? You think that's how she lo- talked at the beginning of Akatar? Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, Elaine is here finally. Elaine's back. Farah uh, is jolted by how basically human she looks. She's beautiful, but... She marvels at how ethereal she had become as a fae, almost like she was always meant to be a fae or something weird. When Elaine says that she hadn't realized how ordinary she had looked as a human and that she supposes that doesn't matter during a war. Moore was quiet for a heartbeat. Perhaps, but you should not let war steal it from you regardless. So she's telling her to show up wearing these fashions. She's telling her to show up and glow up. <laughs> yes. Which I actually think is a lovely gesture and something I very much believe in, too, because I think some things get dismissed as frivolous or unnecessary. But if everything is a constant fight and a battle and a struggle to be alive, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I think some of the best, some of my most, like, the, uh, the organizations I admire the most do, think for people who are, like, un- unhoused, like, do hairstyling and give them fashionable clothes and stuff because your yourself matters even in moments of crisis or yes. strife, you know. So I think that this is a beautiful, a beautiful thing to say to her because it does matter. I don't know if wearing a ball gown to a war meeting is. She doesn't really go to the war <laughs> meetings. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> she's showing up just like all done up, hair blown out, and they're all just like. <sighs> Just covered in blood, watching their brothers die in front of them. We're going to have to put a caveat at the top of that, just saying she's not really helping very No, much. she's not doing a whole lot. She's but a, she can hear other people's heartbeats. She's just a little baby. Yeah, she's a baby girl. She's like a 72-month-old baby, okay? <laughs> Actually, I don't know how many months that is. Wait, how many months is 25 years? I thought you were asking me, and I was like, 
girl. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? I know my math problems. I need to go to uh, Jackie. Oh, three. Jackie, 25 times 12. Uh, <laughs> I need paper. She is a 300 month old child. Thank you. Okay. She must be walking and talking by now. She's getting there. She's getting there. She um, can flip over on her back. <laughs> Get up, Elaine. Get up. <laughs> Soon they're all being winnowed to the gates of Grayson and his father's estate. So they do all of this stuff in the, the war tents. They get her all prepared. Then they all gather together and they winnow to Grayson into the, in the human realm. It's the, the whole estate's built like a fortress with spikes on top of it. They are face-to-face with 12 armed guards who are guarding a giant wall around the whole property. And it's like, Jesus, dude, you're one of those prepper guys who just can't wait for the end of the world. They're just like sitting there just like, yes, I can't wait. Oh, my sandbags and I got my fucking, I got my, my semi-automatics and I got my fucking bucket of gruel that lasts for 20 years. <laughs> Just waiting for it. And your foxholes. And foxholes. You sit in their foxholes. Whatever, whatever the case, it's all in vain in the end because as Feyre notes, any of them could level all of these humans in the vicinity and then just go have a nice lunch. So it's just all of this showmanship. And, and Feyre can hardly believe this is the life that Elaine was facing. Wanted to have. Currently wants to have. Being trapped in this prison-like manner. Regardless of all that's happened since, Elaine musters up the courage and tells the guards to fetch Grayson that his betrothed has arrived. At the start of chapter 52, they all wait for his arrival, and Feyre also feels perplexed about this pairing, asking Elaine how they even met each other in the first place. And it turns out it was because his father held a ball in their prison house. <laughs> Fun! Nesta mutters that she was at Marrier funerals before. <laughs> and again, it begs the question that I hope we find out the answer to someday. What the fuck did she want in this guy? Why did she want to marry him? Because I don't think he's given her orgasms. I don't. I, I feel as though she's still a baby. A I virgin. would assume. I mean, know. assume if she's stuck on her back like that, though, you know, <laughs> well, who knows what she's doing? Um, yeah, I, we don't have. We don't know of Elaine's sexual proclivity. I'm sure she's a virgin. She's got to be. Unless we go a full other route where she's actually been. A freak. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You never know. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like in these situations, it's like, well, the dick must be real good. Like, like you look at a situation like this, like, he must be really taking care of her sexually. But it doesn't even seem that. So if you don't even have that, what is... Well, that could keep you around for at least a couple of months. I get it. For sure. But you could also look at it as, oh, she's self-loathing and she thinks she deserves, deserves this. it or oh, whatever. No. Or that she's not good enough to do anything but garden, which is not fine. Is, garden's great. Gardening's great. I would love to garden all day. Great. I don't mean that. But give me a big sun hat. I want to grow peppers. Yeah, I mean, maybe also maybe she would have been completely contented growing a garden behind that terrifying wall. I don't know. I Dude. like the idea that I can leave a property personally. Whoa. I know. Don't, you don't want to be tell Henry. Don't tell Henry. <laughs> because I think you had to get express permission to come here today. He lets me leave for uh, stream for podcast. <sighs> That's nice. Yeah. You know? 
That's what brother bosses should do. And husband. Yeah, that's my husband. That's <laughs> my brother. Ew! Uh-oh. You married your brother? Ew, pass it along. Tell everybody Natalie married your brother. Oh, my God. Don't telephone it, guys. Uh, oh, Jackie. Oh, Jackie. <laughs> You're so crazy. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So they receive the order to move to the guardhouse. So the, the, the 12 guards go rot, trot off and go find the Grayson family. And then all of the Fae, the night court, are all told to go to this guardhouse. They're, it's made clear that they will not be allowing these peop- the, the Fae into their actual property. It's not a cheery or welcoming meetup, nah. let's say. They are surrounded by weapons and guards and hounds as they wait. Feyre begins to feel claustrophobic in this little room, and as she notes Nesta watching her, she explains that sometimes she has trouble with small places. She doesn't expand on this, but I think we can surmise it's from everything that happened under the mountain. So she's getting a little panicked being trapped. Like, remember, she was in a big uh, cell for three months. Um, But then we get a surprising admission from Nesta. Nesta studied me for a long moment. And then she said with equal quiet, though we could all hear, I can't get into the bathtub anymore. I have to use buckets. You must be stinky. Yeah. I mean, this is startling <laughs> both because it's rare for Nesta to share anything about yes. herself. But also because Feyre realizes that she's been going on for months unable to properly bathe herself. Yeah. Um, so She needs to talk to somebody. She's going she through some gonna. shit. Nah, she ain't. She she's doesn't gonna, do it. She's going to deal with it the way I do. With the drink. With the drink. <laughs> um... <laughs> I knew better than to touch her hand, but I said, When we get home, we'll install something else for you. I could have sworn there was gratitude in her eyes, that she might have said something else when horses approached. So this is really kind of a big deal for Nesta to have. I don't know why she chose this moment to 
reveal this thing of herself because she is so guarded all the time. Maybe it was the extra guards and then the guards are there and she was like, I can let my guards down because these guards are These guards are doing the guarding for me. Mm -hmm. But also I imagine she wanted to like in that kind of... uh, you know, difficult situation, like uh, tense situation. Maybe she wanted to connect with the people that are on her side as like a way of like, we're in this together kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe like her brain did that. Oh. Or maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe (laughs) she didn't mean, it like came out of her and she was like, why the fuck did I just tell her? Shut up. Nesta. Why did I talk to my sister who loves me and is so nice to me all the time? Yuck. <laughs> That's right. Grayson is arriving with these horses uh, to be uh, completely unremarkable alongside his father, Lord Nolan, plus 24 guards, which Yikes. again, doesn't really do anything. Nope. But it definitely sends a message that this is not a joyful reunion. Finally, this brown haired emoji of a man bursts through the door. He stares at Elaine and tries to approach, but then his father appears, grabbing him by the collar. He steps around Grayson and into the room, gazing at the fae over his hawk nose. Ah! Whoa. That's pretty good. Yeah. Thank you. I just complimented myself. <laughs> he, so the father pulls Grayson away from trying to talk to Elaine and asks what the fae want from him. Elaine tries to speak. She wants to be at the forefront and tries to talk to Grayson, but she's shaking so much. Nesta finally steps forward to tell him the wall has fallen. But as they turn their attention to Nesta, they flinch as they observe how non-glamored Nesta is in her full fey glory. And that's not the Nesta they met. Both of the men want to know how this happened to her. But not in in a concerned way, more in a... what are, what are you? What happened to you? Quickly, Nesta explains everything. The cauldron, what has been done to her, about the queen's highburn. Then they turn to the others. We realize as the reader that these men have never met Feyre. As they had become entangled with the sisters after Feyre had already been taken over the wall. So Feyre steps forward and announces herself. My name is Feyre Archeron. I am High Lady of the Night Court. This is Rizond, my husband. So, first off, doesn't say mate. She says husband. Mm, trying she, to connect. And also, she didn't announce herself as Elaine's sister, but as High Lady, which is interesting. Laying it down, man. Yeah. These bitches ain't playing today. Mm-hmm. Reese joins her side, and they quickly rattle off introductions of the others. Grayson doesn't seem to understand Elaine, why are you with them? Haven't you wondered where she's been? You know, you're like, don't you, like, weren't you concerned? You'd think that if this person cared about her at all, he'd run to her immediately and be like, oh my God, I miss you. (laughs) At least. And like, nothing. Just, ah, why do you want to be with him? Ah, I mean, at the same time, what were you loving at 25? Nothing good. Nothing good. Actually, I was doing all right at 25 by chance. Earlier and later was not. Yes. <laughs> 25 just happened to be an okay period. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, there, it, there's not a lot explained. Again, I know I keep saying this. I do hope we get a little bit of what this all was in Elaine's book. Um, oh, I'm sure we're going to. I am sure as I'm well. I'm sure of it. Sarah? Sarah! Mm-hmm. Um, 
Reese, uh, Elaine Trembling tells him that they are here to beg him and his father to take in as many humans as they can fit into their fortress, that there will be no aid from the queens and they will, the people of this village will be killed if, if they don't. Then Grayson says, his blue eyes rippled with pain. I be kind of believe you, he said quietly. If you're not lying to me with Every breath. Whoa. So he does know something's off. Yeah, he does. Lord Nolan is incensed that they would come to his house and deceive him. So they know something's off. What is this? What do they know? Still, the Fae continue to try to to hold up this charade for a moment longer that Elaine is still immortal. What are you talking about? Yeah. She just got prettier in her kidnapping. Yeah. Like, it's fine. That usually happens when you're taken and kept um, from the people that you know and everything that you love. You get prettier. You get prettier. Yeah. But she, but she isn't immortal, is she? Nolan sneered. No. I have it on good authority that it was Elaine Archeron who was turned Fae first. And now who has a Hyde Lord's son is a mate. Ah, with his hawk nose. Ah! My first one was better. <laughs> Man, you're always going to be chasing that dragon. Yeah. Reese doesn't show his alarm as no- Lord Nolan reveals this knowledge. As he asks then, who told him this? But we all went for our weapons as Jurian strolled into the guardhouse and said, I did. Jurian! Jurian, what are you doing here, Jurian? Man, imagine how dry that eye must be. The one eye? Yeah. Do you think it ever plumped back? Uh, Maybe he got a serum. Oh, yeah. I guess they probably have some sort of power that they can plump up an eyeball again, if it, even if it's been used as a ring for 50 years. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a long time for it to not be juicy. Yeah. So, yeah, jury and eyeball ring. <laughs> <laughs> Old eyeball ring jury Old eyeball friend ring. of the incest twins. Yep. What is the meaning of this? Everyone is shooketh that he has arrived Jurian. Except for the humans. The humans are not surprised. Nolan explains that Jurian broke down what happened in Highburn when he arrived at, at the fortress. So they already know everything that Nessa just told them. Presumably shortly after the cauldron incident. Ooh. They, he showed up there. They already know. They have been trying it. to glamour them. Yep. <laughs> kind of all in vain, isn't it? Man, how awkward would this be? Just like, oh, sorry. And then you just like slowly drop the glamour and you're like, <laughs> no, I'm really hot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hot. I didn't want to. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Um, Thayer demands to know why he's here. He tells her that he was playing Highburn the entire time. Another juke. Yeah. So many double crosses that he had only respected the one singular queen who the other queens had end up torturing and killing, who we saw die in Valaris. Jurian's eyes gleamed bright, not with madness, I realized, but clarity. So at this point, the high the, the, the night court have all believed him to be completely mad that he came back. He was he was here to exact revenge against Miriam and Dracon and that he was helping the king of Highburn to infiltrate everything and to like take over the realm. But he's now saying that that no, 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 nah, I'm just playing. 
I've I'll been good. It. I'm fine. I've been good. Um, so, yeah, he claims that when the king had resurrected him, it was because he assumed, you know, Jorian would be willing to help him because of his obvious need to seek revenge. But he is saying no. Jurian looked right to Moore, whose mouth was a tight line. You were my friend, he said, voice straining. We fought back to back during some battles, and yet you believed me at first sight, believed that I'd ever let them turn me. You went through a lot. <laughs> you literally were an eyeball. You and were a finger. And, and, a and a finger. You were an eyeball and a finger. So I think... I don't know, maybe I'm being crazy, that I would have a couple of issues if I got my, if my eyeball became my whole body again. For sure. And she also fairly points out that even before that, he had gone a little bit nuts with Clithia and that, you know, he had done these things that they didn't understand at the end of the war. And he rages at her, saying that he would have done anything to give the humans an edge in the war. As they continue to argue, Feyre notes the way he calls Morgan more, like a friend would, like an intimate relationship of hers. Reese steps in, coolly, as he does, to try to diffuse their heightened emotions, saying that he was, you know, Jorian was a pretty convincing villain. Jurian sharply asks Reese why he didn't just enter his mind and look for the truth. Reese was quiet for a long moment. Then he said softly, because I didn't want to see her. He means Amarantha, of course, yes. which is very sad. But still, it really would have helped. It would have. But <laughs> you got to understand, trauma victim. Yes, you're right, trauma victim. And also, you can't be always looking into somebody's brain all the time to be like, but are you telling the truth? Because like that's got to... That would be hard. Think that's one of the things that would be hard about being a Demati. It's probably why some of them go crazy, because you... Don't want to know everything everybody's thinking all the time. No, I don't want to be in anybody's head. I don't want to uh-uh. know. Uh-uh. Mind reading? No, thank you. No, thank you. Jurian goes on insisting that he has been pulling a Tamlin this whole time. And when I say Tamlin, I mean deceiving Highburn, not oh, smashing stuff when he's Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, if Tamlin is, is, of course, being honest, we still don't fully know if he's really on the side of Prithian. Feyre, mind-reeling, asks Jurian to bluntly clarify, you don't want to kill Miriam and Dracon. There was stark honesty in Jurian's eyes as he shook his head once. No, he said roughly. I want to beg their forgiveness. Aww. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Jurian implores Reese to look into his mind. Look, see the truth. He has one more bit of news. Tamlin went directly to Highburn camp at the Spring Court after the big lords meet up, the Dawn Court. And word has come back that they plan to launch an assault on the Summer Court the next day. Well, I will say he has to go back to Highburn, right? Because, like, he's, quote, working with them. I took that to mean that he got in the info and he was conspiring with Tamlin, not that Tamlin was lying to the Prithian lords, that Mm -hmm. he went immediately back and then gave the intel that they were about to... That's what I took from that. Gotcha. Um, not fully clear, though. Both Feyre and Reese look into Jurian's mind, and he has been truthful. He is not aiding Highburn, but instead gathering information. And with this info, Azriel leaves to tell Cassian it's time to prepare the troops for summer court. So they're about to go 
attack. War's starting, guys. War's on. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's what they do, right? I think Is so. that the war cry? Yep. War's on. <laughs> Everyone, the war's on. Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Let um, everybody know they're going to be dying soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Jurian begins to tell them about Vasa, but, but they stop him, telling him they've already learned quite a bit about Vasa, as you'll recall. The queen who they turned into a bird. Yeah, man. A firebird, fire in fact. Firebird. But they don't tell him about Lucian's current quest to find her. It doesn't seem like they're quite ready to trust him with that information. During this, Grayson begins interrogating Elaine, demanding to know if she planned to pretend to just be human and stay here with him. She stammers, overcome with emotion. He disgustedly explains that he knows everything, that she now belongs to some high lord's son. She it's m- not her fault! No. She manages to at least defend herself enough to say that she belongs to no one, but then proceeds to tell him her heart belongs to Grayson. Grayson's face hardened. Oh, what? Oh, what? I hate hate you. Oh, what? I maid. I maid in my diaper. (laughs) That's a different kind of maid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not Sopranos. Not Faye. Poop. Yep. That's a shit. That's a shit. That's a shit, maid. Um, Elaine is visibly crushed. Yeah. Feyre attempts to steer this away by taking her position up as High Lady. She tells the son and father that they are to gather as many humans as possible behind his gates and that they will put Illyrians around the perimeter. I think maybe uh, Lord Nolan and Lord Baron might be related because basically he says the same thing that Baron is. <laughs> that Baron did. Poor people in my fortress? Ew! Ew! They're going to get their their grubby hands all over everything. Oh, they're all covered in dirt. So Jurian has to convince him with threats to his own visage, which seemed to do the trick. He agrees to take in as many as possible in exchange for protection by Jurian. So basically Jurian threatens him. I can just tell Hibern, they think I'm on their side. I can just tell them to come crush your entire fort if uh, you won't do this. And then Laura's like, hmm, I guess I've thought about it for a minute. I I suppose I do <laughs> want all of them in there. I wondered if the Elder Lord might be the one who could actually be reasoned with, especially as Grayson said to Elaine. Take off that ring! Elaine says no. Gavah. I mean, good for her, but also... Take it uh, off. Also, just take it off. Even Lord Nolan is warning his son to, to quit talking, but he keeps saying it louder and louder. Take it off! Take my ring off! He's and, all covered in his own make. Yeah, but I'm in the mindset that unless, you know... Reese steps in. Okay, so Reese steps in and says she can do whatever she pleases with that ring. I do feel as though, unless the person has maybe robbed you blind and left you, don't keep that ring, girl. He sucks. Don't be like, this is my precious memory of you. Gross. And don't. Or sell it. Yeah, sell it. And don't flush it down the toilet like in Sleeping with the Enemy when she's leaving him and she fakes her own death. And then she she flushes the ring down the toilet. Why would you do that? It was really dumb. It's a really dumb thing for Julia Roberts to do. That's... The most useless way to get rid of a ring. Yeah. 
Keep it on your person. Th- throw it away in a public trash. Don't do it in the place, especially if you're faking your own death. Also, go to a pawn shop if you. I mean, maybe she had money. I don't know. Let's talk about that movie. <laughs> um, it used to play all the time. Did you? Was that? Were those the years that you were being raised by television? No, I don't remember ever oh, okay. seeing the movie. He then continues to throw basically a temper tantrum. He uh, Grayson asks Reese if fey women aren't fuckable enough and do you need to take our human women? Oh, God. And, and well, bro, take up your complaints with the cauldron, okay, or the king of Highburn, because Lucian didn't ask for this, nor did Elaine. He is such a tool. Yes. Grayson screams that their engagement is over. That he will never take Elaine. Never. I'm never going to take you, Elaine. Never. Elaine begins to cry. Nesta stepped forward, then another step, and another, until she was in front of Grayson, faster than anyone could see, until Nesta smacked him hard enough that his head snapped to the side. Ha <laughs> Sometimes you need a bitch around. That was, Man. I was glad to see it. Man. And you know that slap hurt with the face strength. Yes. Nessa dis- dismisses the group and she takes Elaine's arm. Moore follows them, guarding them against the human soldiers as they leave the guardhouse. Just in case. Nolan and Grayson leave, pre- presumably to shut down like robots and stare at a wall until they're needed next. Jurian tells Reese he's going to go back to Highburn's camp to cause confusion and then meddle with the queens to sow discord. So basically he's like a chaos agent on the other side. Before he leaves, he congratulates Feyre for killing Dagden and Benach. Feyre tells him she did it to avenge the humans they tortured, not for laurels and awards. I know, Jurian said, flicking up his brows. Why do you think I decided to trust you? Hell yeah. So, back at the war tent, Feyre and Moore are discussing the evening's events, talking over the revelations regarding Jurian, amongst other things. Do you think they'd be able to, like, fancy up their tents? You know what I mean? With I mean, their magic? They have, they have like, furs and chase lounges and stuff in it. Yeah, so they must magic some of it. But, yeah. Like, put some AC in there. I guess, some extra but pillows. then it would be sort of disrespectful to the others. I think maybe Reese is, like, I can't be in comfort if the others are not in the mm. camps. Maybe? I wouldn't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> More pillows, please. I mean, you could. You should be dressed as Elaine. Oh, my God. I'll be the Elaine. Uh, the birds, they are tweeting. Uh, uh. Oh, she's so beautiful. Uh, Just let her talk. Uh, Just let her say her things, her little rhymes. Trapped on her back like a beetle. <laughs> Um, or she is a little bit of a turtle. She's a bit of a turtle She's bitch. a little turtle. Yeah. A little turtly. Favor reflects on the state of Elaine, who has taken to her own tent and has been laying in her cot, staring at a wall ever since they returned to camp. Favor worries that this has set her mental health improvement a step back or two. Mm. When, you know, if you'll recall, when they figured out she was a seer, it has provided some relief to Elaine. Now this cornball has really put her in a bad place. She realizes that it was probably some last shred of Elaine that kept her connected to being a human and that today had finally snipped it, Mm. which is probably a good thing ultimately. But, you know, she's very hurt in the moment of it. Well, she did just get like finally like I think that she thought maybe he'll still love me and like she was holding on to that, too. And like she just got broken up with 
in front of everybody, which like no matter fay or nay, I don't want to get broken up with in front of everybody and then just crying as someone's like, I'm never going to be in a relationship with you. Can you imagine? No, but also I would like to think that I wouldn't also be like, but please love me. Please yeah. in front of people because that's kind of on her a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but obviously that's still going to sting. Uh, Feyre realizes that their last actual tether to the human realm is their father, though she has no idea where he is. And she doesn't seem to be spending a lot of time thinking about it because they got some other stuff going yeah. on. And also he was never really helping her survive so it's not like she's like oh no what am i gonna do without my dad because my daddy because she didn't um she he didn't help he's never taken care of her no uh that night Feyre awaits reese in their they're caught inside of their private tent and when he doesn't appear she follows their bond to where he stands overlooking the camp as dawn threatens to appear over the horizon a lot of soldiers are going to die today he said quietly i know it never gets easier, he whispered. Feyre knows that he is getting these fears out of him before he faces his armies. She stands at his side, holding his waist, and they exchange their fears with each other. Then Reese tells Feyre he is so grateful to have her there at his side. She presses his hand over her heart, and they watch the sun rise over their army. Get some sleep. You know, I'd be trying to really trying to sleep at that point if I thought that I was just going to watch everybody die the next day. You know, though, if I had, but he has to lead it. Yeah. I, I think I wouldn't be able to rest very well before yeah. that either. I guess, you know what I don't ever have to worry about? Leading an army into battle. <laughs> you know. Hey. <laughs> oh, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, with my surreal mass. 2034, baby. All Jackie's right. going to lead the army. leader. Finally. At the opening of chapter 56, Feyre is minutely relieved to see that Jurian has not somehow deceived them, that they were correct in believing that the spot of the army is going to show up was at the summer court. So here we are. Don't worry, she's got the pointer today. So they were having the camp in the winter court, and then they all surprise everybody over here. So... All of uh, Highburn's armies have been in this area, and so they go, they go, ha, ha, oh my god, and then they have this big battle here. And so they, they do, do, they make this big swoop in, it's Illyrians and Darkbringers are all together, and they take on the army of Highburn, and Highburn was not expecting it. And they, they they swoop down on their soldiers, and Reese lifts the sight shield that he'd been using. He had used his magic to, to basically cover them all with, like, an invisibility cloak. Hell yeah. Um, into the summer court and lifts the sight shield away that he's been wielding, and they just appear like, ha-ha, we're yeah. here. Again, I'm not a big—I don't find war sexy or military propaganda sexy, but when it's fairies and batmen— into it. Completely into it, yes. Also, mass is just such a way with sensual writing, even during these scenes. Shields! Cassian bellowed at the front line. One by one by one, shields of red and blue and green flickered into life around the Illyrians and their weapons, overlapping like the scales of a fish, overlapping like the solid metal shields they each bore on their left arms, locking into place from ankle to shoulder. 
And holding the front of that Sick. sea of soldiers is Reese and Cassian and Asriel. The helmets were the only markers of who they were. Unlike the smooth domes of the others, Rees, Asriel, and Cassian wore black helmets whose cheek guards had been fashioned and swept upward like raven's wings. Albeit razor-sharp raven's wings that jutted up on either side of the helmet, right above the ear, but the effect, I admitted, was terrifying, especially with the two other swords strapped across their backs, the gauntlets that covered every inch of their hands, and the siphons gleaming amongst Cassian's and Azrael's ebony armor. That looked pretty hot. Hot, 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 hot. Again, I don't. I also don't find war sexy, but I find Illyrian sexy. What are you gonna do? Give me huh? that bat, bat. Give me that bat. <laughs> Give just, me that. You just take out a baseball bat. And you just start beating me with. Please don't, Natalie. Don't. I know. I said three tequila floor. Don't put me on the floor, Natalie. <laughs> she didn't mean it literally. Uh, um. Uh. So a brutal, a brutal and bloody battle wages on. Feyre observes from above, uh, knowing that she would be more of a hindrance than a help. More is on her side. Ah, get away from my mate! Well, okay. I know she would Feyre be back in battle. Feyre has battle. taken on a lot of uh, battles thus far. But this is a whole nother kind of battle. Well, you have to be able to work with other people and know right. how to communicate in, in battle. Like, and, train like she's in not an army. trained for that. And so they've kept her to the side and more has stayed with with her to protect her. Though more would be of use in the field, she still has been tasked with guarding Feyre. For hours, they watch the Scourge, which consists of both brute strength and forceful magic, both shields and attacks. They make waste of the Hibernian army over time, and then Feyre observes one particular Hibern commander who won't go down, then Cassian zeroing in on him. How he steps forward, slicing through foot soldiers like their paper, eyes focused on their leader. Cassian had been born for this. These fields, this chaos and brutality and calculation. Feyre muses on how much his movements look like a dance. I must have said it aloud because more replied. For him, that's what a battle is. A symphony. Her eyes did not stray from Cassian's death dance. I wish I could fully describe this scene without just us repeating it word for word, but I recommend reading it with some fun, epic music playing in the background. Yeah. It's pretty great. He moves through the soldiers, blocking a spear from the commander and then sheathing his sword to pick up another off the ground. Then he launches the spear at the commander without breaking stride. Yeah. The male goes down and Cassian is already on top of him, striking him through the chest with his sword. And also, I don't think murder is sexy, but Cassian is really sexy. Yeah. And I think that I would definitely get goosed while watching him go through this battle. And it's also why some of these kind of fantasy books are appealing for that, because we're able to, uh, uh, you know, envision the highburn commander as pure bad. Yes. Instead of, a, a you know, a faceted human being. So we can go, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. And then you get He's to bad. watch this big Bulking Batman oh, just oh, shove a sword. So many siphons. So many swinging them around. Um, as at this moment, Hybern decides to turn tail and flee, but they find their opening to leave is not so open. There, Tarquin and his army have appeared. Yeah. 
Moore just turns to Feyre and says, it's over. Basically saying that the rest of the night will be a one-sided bloodbath and that she didn't need to watch it because their people are safe for the moment. It's going to just be a lot of killing. And because we need to make it fashion. Make it fashion. From the distance, I picked out Tarquin from his armor, more ornate than Rizan's, but still brutal. Fish fins and scales seemed to be the motif, and his azure cloak flowed through the mud behind him as he stepped over fallen bodies to get to the few hundred surviving enemy. Right before Mor and Feyre turn to winnow back to the camp, she observes the soldiers clawing at themselves in a peculiar way that she doesn't understand at first, until she notices that there was water pouring out of their mouths. Out the lips of all the highburn soldiers as Tarquin drowned them on dry land. Yikes. Because that's the thing. Honestly, looking at a dude covered in fish fins and scales, not that scary to me. But going to drown them all on dry land? Very scary. You got it, Tarquin, even though you're a big fish boy. I will say, though, fish fin uh, like armor, steel armor would be pretty cool looking. Maybe not like terrifying, but I would be like, oh, that's okay. It's a look for you. I think I'm thinking more of like a Marlin. So he's got like a big mohawk, but then he's got like a big metal sword coming out of his face. <laughs> I thought it was more like his helmet was like uh, mermaid scales almost. Looking. Oh, I guess that would be more um, High Lordian of him. Than just like a, oh, I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab you with my face. <laughs> Like, a, uh, what's that stupid fish called that was in the 90s? The singing one. Clarissa explains it all. The singing fish called. Oh, the bass. Billy Take the bass. me to the river. Yeah. Put me in the water. I love them fish. Was it Billy? Big Mouth? Big, Big mouth? mouth Billy Bass, yeah. <clears throat> that's what the, that's what's on the top of his his helmet. <laughs> he just <laughs> stapled it to the top of his helmet, and everyone's like, "Not Billy! Get Billy out of here!" <laughs> that's that that song now means death. It's a nearing. <laughs> um, the hours that follow the battle are chaotic. Reese has ordered that the camps move from the border of Wintercourt to right where the battle was waged. So they pointer. They were up here. They they were setting up here, and then he's saying we need to take all of us down here to the summer court and stay here around where the battle just occurred. Moore and Feyre busy themselves with the work of this, and then at the end, winnow her two sisters into the newly remade camp. So I think they're using probably like both magic and just like human or uh, face strength mm-hmm. to get everything. They're basically moving everything, however many miles away this is. Um, as Nesta arrives at their newly made up camp, she stares out over the battlefield because she wasn't there for the big battle. She was back at the the camp in the Winter Court. She seems to listen a little carefully to tales the foot soldiers are waxing about the great and powerful Cassian and how he had a mighty spear throw that took hmm. down the commander. Is that what we're calling it nowadays? <laughs> I think you have a word called goosh. <laughs> yeah, goosh. Goosh. She's definitely into hearing the stories. Yes. However, Elaine didn't seem to care, didn't seem to even notice that we winnowed her. She just went from her tent to Moore's arms, 
then into the same tent rebuilt in the new camp. And look, look, I get that she's sad and she just had a breakup. But get your shit together, Elaine. Gotta get it together, dude. There's a war outside your tent right now. You're in a tent because you're in the middle of a battlefield where there's like 500 corpses. Can we have some perspective here, Elaine? And like she's sheesh. Going, oh, but I'm so sad. But I mean, I was gonna have a wedding. Get over it, dude. Ugh. But Nesta. Also, you're gonna live forever. Do you really want to get married at 25? Not unless it's a mate. Truths. I feel like though, if if ever like Feyre, for example, wanted to explore, Reese would be fine with it. He'd be like, but you want to be there? Yeah. Oh yeah. But if she's like, I've never. Uh, I've never tried kissing a woman before. Like, he'd let her. I would read about it. Yeah. I would definitely. Oh, like, Crusader? <laughs> yes! Oh, my God! That are, like, Vivian, you Ooh, know? Yeah. I, I feel like also bringing in a character like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, yeah. Right. I know that it can't be more. No! It's I know cousin. it can't be more. And she's got, like a, like, a sisterly kind of relationship. Yeah, but also, Reese, I would think Reese will be there. And he can't be there if more yeah, is there. Yeah, he can't be there if more is there. Ew. Ew, no. Yuck. Yuck. But Nesta seems, she's moved in a different way than than Elaine, who does not seem to care. Nesta does seem to care, kind of. She Loinally? And otherwise. Oh. Not just loinally. She, to maybe, some people's surprise begins to lend a hand, helping tend to the injured. It's hours before Feyre and Nesta see the Bat Boys return to the campfire they've created in front of their tent. And they are now covered in blood and sweat and mud. Moore and Azriel are still off somewhere finishing up something. As Reese drinks deeply from a water jug and sits next to Feyre, Nesta jumps to her feet at the sight of Cassian. She stares at him, covered in dirt and carnage. You're hurt, she says to him. Everyone's watching now, but Cassian tries to brush it off, saying he's fine. But Nesta reaches out her hand. At first, it doesn't seem like Cassian will give his arm over to look at. But then he decides to tap his siphon, which detracts. And when it's clear, he's hurt his forearm. Reese is upset with him. Cass doesn't say what happens, but it's inferred that perhaps he broke his... Forearm bones is radius or is ulna. Whoa, did you look that up or did you know that? I did know. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, but, um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I am I am medically surprised and impressed with you right now. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, not that I should just assume that you don't know the names of the each individual forearm bone. For dance and stuff, it helps. Oh, sometimes. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but Feyre is unsure how Nesta could tell that Cassian was injured. Even Reese didn't know. He was surprised whenever he revealed his arm that he was neglecting this injury. She surmises that Nesta must be paying an awful lot of attention to how Cassian moves. Okay. Right? Reese chides him for not taking care of it. And as Nesta touches the injury, she asks Cassian how she can fix it. Her hair had been tied in a loose knot atop her head earlier in the day. And in the hours that we'd worked to ready and distribute supplies to the healers, through the heat and humidity, stray tendrils had come free to curl about her temple, her nape. 
I just heard Nape. I just want me to say Nape. Yeah, I want to say Nape, Nape. Oh, it's all over her Nape. That's what I imagine Grayson would come and say, like covered in his own dukes. And why don't you fix your hair? Yeah, it's in your nape. I hate it around your nape. Women shouldn't have hair on their nape. (laughs) Um, I just liked it because it sounded so um, like bodice ripping romance. Like her hair was like sweaty and squeezing around. Oh yeah. I have, to, I have to help you. Oh, no, my breasts came out of my clothes. What am I going to do? Cereal, put your breasts away. <laughs> That's what the cereal. The cereal is calling them. Oh, sexy. Stay with the high lord. Little Anna Nicole in there. <laughs> but not as, oh, never mind. No, we, that, that dog is, never I'm just not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. That dog is very sad. If you haven't watched it, the Anna Cole dog. Oh, I thought you said that dog. I was like, did she have a dog? And I got excited. I think she did. I don't remember. She probably had dogs. Probably. I don't know why you would know that the dog was sad, but I was like, I bet the dog would be sad if if the mommy passed. Why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I'm thinking about Elaine, and I would feel bad for the dog, but I don't feel bad for Elaine. Get your shit together. Yeah, I don't feel super bad for her right now. No. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cassian sits down on a log around their campfire, pained by the exertion of the day, and he quietly explains to Nesta what might help. Everyone sort of sits in silence, trying to act normal, as Nesta gently wraps Cassian's arm. So everybody there is just trying to act like business as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Just loudly singing around them. And she sets it so it can mend itself overnight because even if he's broken his arm with their fey healing, it won't really be a big deal. But it needs to, you know, not be all crooked. So she helps him set it. And all the while, he stares at her face as her eyes are fully focused on the task at hand. She finishes. And as she begins to pull away, Cassian grabs onto her fingers and says, thank you. Nesta did not yank her hand away did not open her mouth for some barbed retort. 
She only stared and stared at him, at the breadth of his shoulders, even more powerful in that beautiful black armor, at the strong column of his tan neck above it, his wings, and then at his hazel eyes, still riveted to her face. Cassian brushed a thumb down the back of her hand. And then, interestingly, just as things are about to get, I don't know, spiced. Isn't it crazy that you can have, like, that she's so good that even these little moments of pulling this out, that, like, we are, a battle just happened, and I'm like, am I goosh over here? He, his thumb moved? Wow. But even just, like, him, like, looking adoringly Mm -hmm. at her as she's, like, that is goosh for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... And then as they like gaze at each other and then something she almost says something, it seems like, and then suddenly more appears and exclaims over Cassian being hurt. In that moment, Cass jerks his hand away to go banter with more. And Nesta is left staring down at her hand that just held Cassian's. Aww. Curious because usually it's Nesta brushing off Cassian's advances. Now, when perhaps she would have been willing to speak some truth, he pulls away from her. And wants to hide it from Oregon. Nesta walks away from the group and back to the tents. She doesn't want to show any vulnerability. It's true. As the night deepens, Nesta, Moore, and Feyre take to the mass of injured soldiers, working through the dark hours to provide as much aid as possible. Feyre returns to her tent to get a few hours sleep before the next day, sliding in next to Reese. He stirs and makes it clear his want and need of her. Despite Feyre's exhaustion, her love and desire overcomes her and they join there in that tent. Yeah, they join. Yeah, they joined up. I don't know if I could do that. Even if you were a Fey? I mean, maybe if I was a Fey, May Fey. But I, like, you just had a bad. I guess, honestly, if the person leading the battle initiates, I'll have sex with them. Yeah, I give him. But, like,. I definitely wouldn't be my first thought. Yeah, I probably just want to be held. In the in the writing, it was clear that Reese to in order to like go like go through whatever emotions he's going through in this battle or like whatever he has to build himself up into, he needed the the like, release, the sexual release yeah. from from his his love. Um I'm not against it happening. It's just like for for me personally, I feel like I'd be like You've been through a lot today. If you were in the war tents. If and- I, which I, obviously, who needs to be in the war tents? Jackie Zabrowski. Get her here. Mm-hmm. And I'll be out there going like, hey, I say the word goose, right? Right, guys? <laughs> the only thing I have to bring to a battle are my wits. And then re- uh, and then jo- Jeff will slide in next to you to, during your your slumber between battles and you go give it give it come me give it. where is it take it out <laughs> like i usually talk to him you yeah, know yeah, yeah um as they are in their final throes they speak to one another about the trials of their day their love shines through all the pain and trauma but they are both still feeling the weight of everything Feyre confesses to Reese that this battle was not like the others she had fought alongside him before, and that she fears she may not be ready to face this sort of brutality yet. She feels shame for this, but Reese won't allow it. 
He tells her that it's fitting for her to require more training for this and that he will be honored if she one day chooses to fight alongside him. She again tells him that she feels like a coward. But he assures her that even her presence amongst the soldiers sleeping in the dirt alongside them, working to help them, matters to them more than she may realize. And perhaps it was the afterglow of our joining. Perhaps it was the battle today, but I believed him. I don't know how I feel about joining. About the phrase joining, like, oh, yeah, we joined last night. I think it's supposed to sound romantic. Yeah, I think it is supposed to sound romantic, but I think maybe just for me, mm. it's not so what romantic. What did you put there? It said, make fucks. After In the their make afterglow fucks. of our make fucks. <laughs> um, I think that uh, just I think that the romance part like sometimes I I think I I struggle with the wording of romance sometimes like reading it but saying it aloud of saying the afterglow of our joining I think it just yucked out my mouth maybe just the sound of a slide whistle it just makes <laughs> I see that would be fun no, it also reminds me of like an Ice Planet Barbarian. They call their nethers their folds. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> he touched my folds. And like folds also yucks me out. Ooh. <laughs> Is that supposed to be sexy? Uh, yes. <laughs> Ew. Well, you just made me not want to read that now. Put it in my folds. Ugh. Oh, no. Oh, no. About You're that. welcome. <laughs> The next few days pass by as their armies recuperate and they make their plans for their next attack. Thera thinks of how it's not yet time to bring out Briaxis to do their side of the bargain. That this little bit of Hybern's army that they conquered yesterday was this, just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately. That on the fifth day after they've been recuperating and, and preparing for the next battle, Asriel bursts in. So five days go by after that battle. And then suddenly Asriel's there, and he's alerting them of bad news. Hybern has managed to maneuver around their camp. No. And up to the seam ah. between autumn and summer court. Not so my here we go. Seams. That also, I could call my pussy my seam. So they got somehow the spring, because they, they, you know, they're based in spring court. They somehow went like, do, 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 up into here. Seams. Seaming. Semen. Because um, <laughs> they're semen. And so they're heading straight up towards the winter court, which is where they just all left. They moved all of their camp down to summer court. So this seems like maybe this was a trick. <gasps> um, this is an unexplained, unprepared thing. Not, they were not prepared for this move. So everyone gets into a tizzy. They have to decide whether to stay where they are or to move on the army that's going to winter court. So they have to choose one or the other because it's become a numbers game. Mm. Hybern has a huge army and they can't split their army in half to go keep some in the summer court and some to fight. It's not winter. enough. It's just not enough. And so they're all standing over the maps and then doing them going, eh, but what about, oh, we take oh, we put this them up and then. south and west here yes. and we put this one camp and then they all have accents now for some reason. Because it's war. 
<laughs> Man, if there's something that Natalie and I know everything about, it's war. It's war. We know about war. Um, and while this is all happening, Tarquin is also there with his people, and Varian is it, it comes up with this idea. Ooh. What if they, quote, spin a glamour so that it appears that their army is still in the summer court, that they, this glamour mimics the sights and sounds of an army so that Highburn's watchers, their spies, can report that they have not moved. Whoa. In the meantime, they all go under another sight shield to their place up at the winter court, wherever Highburn's armies are actually moving. That is a lot to ask for magic, even for high lords. That is a huge amount of magic that would take place. It would be too much for Reese, but not for Reese and Feyre together. And that's just what they do. Aw, they're like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. In which way? They're working together. I just, I've been thinking about Brother for Sale a lot, and mm. I keep singing it to Henry. Um, so I think I've just have. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen on the brain. Love it. Just curious. Brother for sale, 50 cents. Yeah. Dislike him. I was nearly drained by the time Reese and I were finished that night. I followed his instructions, marking faces and details, willing that shape shifting magic to craft them out of thin air, to give them life of their own. Oh, I guess painting isn't just some stupid hobby now, is it? Whoa. Hmm. Somebody has to be able to, like, imagine all of those soldiers. She needs to be creative. So, wow, I guess it's not stupid, is it? Mm -mm. And who said creatives shouldn't be involved in war? Everyone. Everyone says that. Everybody says it, and they're right. Hopefully she did do a good job, because, you know, it would be a... uh, Man, let's see this whole army here. It's... I can smell them, for sure, but... Those people look like sticks to you. <laughs> They're all just like her stick figured painting. I think those soldiers are like sticks. Is that some kind of fake species? I don't know about that. <laughs> Crusada also pitches in. Uh, they seem to be satisfied. <laughs> Crusada. Yeah, yeah. She also pitches in. Yeah, yeah. They seem to be satisfied with work, though. It significantly affects all three of their powers. So Crusada, Reese, and Pharaoh have to use pretty much everything that's in them to create this glamour and to create this this shield they're going to put over their army. Then comes the task of, again, moving the entire unit under the cloak of the sight shield. Yikes. Tarquin uses all of his winnowing ability to take his army in, and so he is also drained now. And with the three units together, they are prepared to ambush Highburn late in the afternoon when Highburn's army will be settling down for the evening and they're not prepared to fight. But they already knew. Yes. The night court doesn't know how in that moment, but as they encroach underneath this shield and appear, Highburn was ready for them. No. Helplessly, Feyramor and Nesta watch from the edge of their tents. Highburn had only been pretending to wind down and go to sleep. They were anticipating this battle. No. The Darkbringers began to fall in numbers. Rees and Tarquin were drained enough that they were actually battling sword to sword against soldiers. And again, no sign of the king or Jurian or Tamlin. Feyre can feel more vibrating next to her, knowing that her body is calling for her to be out in the field. It begins to rain over this battle. And that, combined with the Feybane antidote that Nuon has given out, 
the Hibern stores of Fabian that they're attempting to use are no good, at least. So that's good. But the rain is still a hardcore hindrance to both sides. And Kier's ill-prepared Darkbringers begin to collapse under themselves. Shit! Moore breathed, gripping my arm tight enough to bruise. Warm summer rain soaking our clothes, our hair. Shit! Like a burst dam, Highburn soldiers poured through, cleaving Kier's force in half. Cassian's bellowing was audible even from the hilltop. Then he was soaring, dodging arrows and spears, his siphon so dim they barely guarded him against it. I wish we had all the background sounds. Yeah. Um, Nesta's breath is taken away as she watches Cassian siege forth on the enemy. Not in ecstasy, but terror. As valiant as he is, he is slowly being surrounded, having lost a third of their army thanks to fucking Kier. If they didn't come up with a solution soon, Illyrians and Tarquin's people would soon become a pile of bodies in the mud. Highburn had managed some trick to hide the location of their army, and their night court and, and Tarquin and the Illyrians were not ready for it. I knew little of war, of battle, but this. It felt like patching up holes in a boat while it sank. As Faber begins to spiral into a panic, suddenly a light goes off in her head onto what she can do. Who I had to hunt down and ask about the location of Highburn's true army. Asario! It's me! It's a me! It's a me, Asario! <laughs> um, <laughs> so she, feeling helpless in that moment, she's trying to come up with anything, anything she can think of to, to help, to do anything to aid. And they need to know where Highburn is because mm. they keep being cloaked and they can't figure out what's happening and so she realizes there's one creature who's always told her the truth Mm. chapter 57 begins with Feyre trying to convince Moore to go into the battle she's saying Moore go fight Moore says no she adamantly refuses to leave Feyre's side she was tasked with guarding her but Feyre tries to appeal to her that Reese needs her down there and they do need her Feyre also leaves the part out about how it's because she's also going to sneak away. Mm-hmm. Because Feyre knows they're going to need a leg up. They are going to need something more than what they have on the battlefield right now. Otherwise, there is little hope for victory. But she doesn't think Moore would see it that way, would think it was okay for Feyre to go do this. Feyre tells Moore to go kick some highburn taint. Noise! Nesta chimes in. Help them because she's in a panic watching Cassian be caught. You know, they all are. But of course, I don't know. Nesta's for some reason. I don't know why. why. She's like into it or something. Very upset. Finally, as they all watch Cassian take on another siege of soldiers, she agrees to go down there, but tells them both, the sisters, to stay vigilant and to be on their guard. Moore straps up and she takes off, off into battle in the field with her brothers. And I'm really happy we get to see a few moments of Moore in action here. Yeah. Because up to this point, we've only really heard she's a great warrior 
She's never participated in Farrah's training, nor have we gotten a really good action sequence, except for when she was with Farrah in the summer court when they were fighting everybody. Yeah. As we're in first-person perspective in the book, we don't get to see a lot of her. But here we get to watch her land right next to Azrael, stabbing through the throat of a male trying to go for Az. Yes. And then Moore began cutting a path toward Cassian, toward the broken front line beyond him her damp golden hair a ray of sunshine amid the mud and dark armor. Yeah. The sisters watch the battle forge ahead. Then Feyre begins to slowly back away from Nesta. Nesta turns, confused, asked if she's leaving. Feyre just tells her that she'll be back soon. And Nesta doesn't ask any questions. Feyre. She just turns back to watch Cassian or whoever. <laughs> whoever in the boat. Yeah. In the field. Um, Feyre makes her way to old Sad Sack's tent. Even in this moment of urgency, Feyre still worries when she doesn't address Elaine gently enough when she comes to her to ask for help. So Feyre is like headed over to Elaine. And and you have to like worry about how gently you're going to speak to her. There's a lot of other things going on. Yeah, like her mate's about to die. Yes. (laughs) Um, I do think that this is perhaps an unhealthy balance of emotions Mm. here in this group of sisters. This is how you would treat an eight-year-old who was stuck in a in a battlefield in a war tent. She's like, um, my dear sweet Elaine, please wake up for a moment. As like there's just being people beheaded right yeah. outside of the tent. But Elaine is 25 in this. Let's just remember. She asks Elaine to help her locate the surreal. Her surreal, she clarifies, because as she tells Elaine, there are a number of this creature that all are known as surreal. But she needs to find the one whose image she has she sends down into Elaine's mind. I wonder what makes them different. Do you think that they, they wear different like necklaces or like maybe fun socks? Different shaped teeth. Oh, right. I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Just like, oh, my teeth are grapes. <laughs> but then it would eventually go bad and then you'd have wine teeth. Yeah. But you'd have to eat the rotten fruit. <laughs> you know, like when you eat your own teeth. <laughs> You're having a lot. This is such hungover anxiety <laughs> stuff. Like this is a people's. That's an. That is literally an anxiety dream. Is. Oh uh, yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, get to, you don't get to rest tonight either. Hangovers are different when nope, you're you gotta old. You got to go back out tonight. <laughs> um, Elaine says she doesn't know how, being very sullen and, man, I kind of want to shake her. Yeah, dude. <laughs> your sister's maid is on the brink of death out here and you're in here hugging your pillow listening to Olivia, Olivia Rodriguez. Oh, I'm so sorry that you had a breakup, okay? Maybe I'm the asshole here, but am I asking too much from Elaine here? I don't think so. Feyre gently asks her again. (laughs) Maybe you could try. Elaine nods. Okay, I'll try. She had no mental shields, no barriers. The gates to her mind. Solid iron, covered in vines of flowers. Or it would have been. The blossoms were all sealed, sleeping buds tucked into tangles of leaves and thorns. Elaine shuts her eyes and... She's going wherever she goes when she has her visions, and then she begins her strange poetry, this time stating that he moves like the, quote, breath of the western wind. 
Feyre asks where he's going. Slowly, Elaine lowers her finger on the map that Feyre has spread before them and points. There. Feyre looks. Oh, great. It's in the middle, just south of the weaver's cottage. But Feyre has no time to reconsider, to be afraid. She's used her exhausted stores um, right away from Elaine's tent. She did five small winnows, and she ends up looking into the ancient forest of the middle. She's struck by the immense contrast of the raging battle she just left and this sleeping, endless army of trees. It's not a pleasant feeling. She knows the dangers that lie in waiting here, including the weaver, yeah. whose name, she learned, is Stryga and is the bone carver's sister. She pulls her sword out, but before she can look further... An ancient, rasping voice asked behind me, Have you come to kill me or beg for my help once again, Feyre Atron? Do you want me to put on the mask? <laughs> You might be too hungover for that. I mean, I want you to live your dreams. I love sweating up against rubber when you're also sweating out tequila. Mm -hmm. And speaking into a microphone. Yes. Feyre turns to the creature, this time not swinging upside down. She didn't even have to set a snare. But facing her instead, she notes that the surreal has changed to a heavier cloak than the one she gave it those few months back. It had told her that Reese was her mate. So much has happened since then. I wonder where the cereal got the cloak. Do you think that there's a cereal store? Maybe that's why Sears went under. We may learn shortly where the cloak came from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I'm sorry to take away that Sears I think, image. yes, I'm thank so you. sorry. Thank you. Um, the surreal, the surreal tells her that, do you think that Sears is doing, is thriving in Prithian in, as opposed to in how they've all shut down. Here. I think that's why they've all shut down oh, in the human in, world, but they, they've gone yeah. to the fey world Aww. so that they can get lawn mowers and panties at the same place. Should I apply to Sears so I can go to Prithian? Yes! Fine, I'll do it. The cereal tells her that it could see Elaine's eyes peering at it through whatever old magic it possesses, and it seems to have known that Pharaoh would be coming. She tells it she has an urgent matter, but the cereal also already knows that. You wish to know where Highburn is hiding its army? Yes, she says. A hideous, horrific smile. Even I cannot see it. Oh, come on. Feyre is dismayed, but pushes further. Is it because it's the cauldron's ancient magics doing it? Yes, it says, but you already have a source to find the cauldron. Feyre shakes her head. No, Elaine can't see it. But no, that's not what the surreal means. Mm-mm. No, of course not. Look in your folds. No, do not look in your folds. Don't look in your folds. Nesta. Nesta is connected to the cauldron in unspeakable ways, of course. Where the cauldron is, the army is. Tell the beautiful thief to find it. Feyre is chilled to the bone, but carries on. How? How does she find it? It angled its head as if listening. If she is unskilled, bones will do the talking for her. Tell me! Tell me where the army is! 
I can't hear it through my skin. Oh, you're talking to your own bones? I'm talking to my own bones. I'm talking to your boners. Oh, there's some boner. boner. Talking to down here. Yeah. Boners. No, he means bones and stones. Oh. It's speaking of scrying. Ah, the scrying. As you probably know, scrying is a term used outside of mass world and is attributed to being a shortened term from the Middle English word descry, which means to see or to spot or notice. In parapsychology, witchcraft, and some religions, it's used loosely and often connected to clairvoyance and divination. It's also not fully like sussed out as a definition because it is considered lore and superstition so it's not really there's not a strong you know definition of what exactly scrying is but using stones to read the future or see into someone's thoughts is a common trope within that umbrella sick after she learns of a way in which Nesta may perhaps locate the cauldron, she asks it if her completing the spell using the Book of Breathings would kill her. Because if you remember, when she tried to do it at Highburn, she, like, they were shaking her and stuff because she basically like fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Prolly. Prolly! If you want to go that... If, if that Feyre wanted to go to that route, it would break the cauldron, but it would probably cost her her life. So that's great. Annoying. So then she asks, what about the Ouroboros? Is there a way to retrieve it? The Surreal seems amused and asks if she is afraid to look into it. I like this question. <laughs> she asks if it will send her into madness if she looks. The Surreal tells her that only she can decide what will break her. But is that always true? I kind of think ultimately yes. Whoa. I do. To an extent. Oh, I don't yeah. think I think there are a lot of a lot of things that go into that, but at the end of the day all we have is ourselves. You're right. Um but it's really not a helpful answer in that moment. No, 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 no. <laughs> These riddles, ooh, you surreal. At least that's one that's one way I can guarantee you, Natalie. I'm never gonna become a surreal. That, that, that is a one. familial promise I give to you. Because I don't think I could talk in riddles. Because I was worried. One stone upon the wing and is your everything. Your teeth are starting to like grapes. grapes. Squish, squish, squish. Oh, I was squishing the entire time I'm talking. <laughs> The surreal again listened to that phantom wind. Tell the silver-eyed messenger that the answers lie in the second and penultimate pages of the book. Together they hold the key. She's like, key to what? What? As it begins to answer, its voice is cut short. It took me a heartbeat to register what happened to identify the wooden thing that burst through the surreal's throat as an ash arrow, to realize that what sprayed in my face, landing on my tongue, and tasting like soil, was black blood. More arrows go flying through the little glen where they stand, Feyre ducks, pulling her knife free, and then... A lilting female voice crooned. Why does it talk to you, Pharaoh, when it would not even deign to speak with me? I knew that voice, that laughter beneath the words. Ianthe, Ianthe was here, with two Highburn soldiers behind her. 
Oh, man, now freaking Ianthe's here? Damn. Get out of here. Uh, she will not quit. There's like so much happening. All right, we have Ianthe. Ianthe has appeared in the middle. And not Malcolm in the middle, but race car driver, though. Weaver in the middle. Weaver in the middle. Weaver where? (laughs) Weaver in the middle. Oh, weave weave her Uh, in the middle. Weave her in the middle. (laughs) Because at the end of this episode, we are weaving her in the middle. Because we'll be back to come and get her. (laughs) Baseball bat. All right. So we are, this is not a lot of good stuff is happening right now. No, it's very upsetting. The surreal has just been shot with an ash arrow. Just as it was also about to tell Feyre something probably important, uh, Ianthe just showed up. Our pet's heads are falling off! Oh my god, the key Um, to what? The key to what? Yep, we won't know. But, uh, okay, we have to join us next week to find out out. what's going to happen! Please read up until chapter 66 or page 583 in the paperback edition. And now... Dudes grappling with erotica for educational purposes only. Husband Edition, featuring Henry Zabrowski and Jeff Adams. Reese's answering smile was lovely and just a bit wicked. I believe my little lessons help. Yes, Reese is the greatest lover a female can hope for is undoubtedly how I learned to read. I was only trying to tell you what you now know. My blood heated a bit. Hmm, was all I said, pulling a book towards me. I'll take that hmm as a challenge. His hand slid down my thigh and cupped my knee, his thumb brushing along its side. Even through my leathers, the heat of him seeped to my very bones. Maybe I'll haul you between the stacks and see how quiet you can be. Hmm. I flipped through the pages. Not seeing any of the text. His hand began a lethal, taunting exploration of my thigh, his fingers grazing along the sensitive inside, higher and higher. He leaned in to drag a book towards himself, but whispered into my ear, Or maybe I'll spread you out on this desk and lick you until you scream loud enough to wake whatever's at the bottom of the library. I whipped my head toward him. His eyes were glazed, almost sleepy. I was fully committed to that plan, I said, even as his hand stopped very, very close to the apex of my thighs, until you brought in that thing down below. A feline smile. He held my stare as his tongue brushed his bottom lip. My breasts tightened beneath my shirt, and his gaze dropped, watching... I would have thought... He mused... That our bout this morning would be enough to tide you over until tonight. His hand slid between my legs, brazenly cupping me, his thumb pushing down on an aching spot, and a low groan slipped from me, my cheeks heated in his wake. Apparently, I didn't do a good enough job seating you, (laughs) sating you, if you're so easily riled after a few hours. Prick, I breathed, but the word was ragged. His thumb pressed down harder, circling roughly. Wrist leaned in again, kissing my neck, that place right under my ear, and he said against my skin, Let's see what names you call me when my head is between your legs, Feyre, darling. And then he was gone. (laughs)
He'd winnowed away half the books with him. I started mild body forward and cold, dizzy and disoriented. Where the hell are you? I scanned around me, and I found nothing but shadow and merry flame and books. If you're sitting next to me, the last thing on my mind is reading dusty old books, especially when you're in all that tight leather. Pig. Two hours of work. He promised me, turning back to the table and flaring his wings, a veritable screen to block my view of him and his view of me. Then we can play. Nice. Hell yeah. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.